Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's About, about Time for True, true crime. crime. Hey. Oh my Good Hi. God. Hello. Stop. Salutations. Hi. Uh, Hello. How are you? What's up? I'm trying to diversify my vocabulary, so Allie and I just can't say the same thing 100% of the time. But well, that's going to be tricky. <laughs> it's slow moving. But we'll do it. We'll get there. No, we won't. We'll try. You pick up on all my words and I pick up on all yours. That's true. You started saying exactly, exactly. a lot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Get it? Get it? <gasps> <laughs> Sorry, you guys. It is a... Hey, guys. It's been a day, to say the least. Happy Tuesday. Um, And so we're just... We're surviving. I don't know that we're thriving, but we're surviving. We are certainly surviving this Tuesday. It was gray. It was freaking cold. It was icky, um, and I'm really mad because I don't even have, like, a French fry in my body. Like, there's not a French fry in sight. Nary a one. I could throw back McDonald's fries with the honey mustard right now. Uh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I could. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want me to say it slower for you? Yeah. Like a McDonald's <gasps> fry? Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you going to um, dip it in that little blit mix? Milkshake? I'm sorry, uh, who? Bliz- Did uh, you say blizzy? a blizzard? <laughs> <laughs> a glizzy? You gonna dip it in that glizzy? Yes, we're cheating because we're also going uh. to Dairy Queen and we'll <laughs> scoot on over to, I don't know, <laughs> somewhere else too. I don't care. I'm, I just really want a french fry in my face, but it's okay. We're here. We're making it. We're doing the thing. That's and um, hopefully the rest of this week goes smoothly. Yes, any of our um, New England listeners, is it as fucking cold for you as it is for us? All of a sudden, it went from beautiful 75 and sunny, like literally to the next yes. day being like frost on the windshield, start your car, 33 degrees. Yep. Not even. Like Evil. today, this morning, it was like 25 when I got to my car. And I was like, first of all, rude. Second of all, this is offensive. And third of all, if it could be sexist, it would be. <laughs> and I'm mad. There That's you how go. I feel. Um, also though, I will say like the little part of me that has wicked bad eco anxiety is at least happy that it's normal November temperatures now. Mm. That was stressful. But, um, you know what? Say la vie. Things are going to happen regardless of whether or not I want them to. So it's good to come to terms with that now. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. But I'm a little bummed because this weekend I was supposed to see my friend, but she was not able to come because of the tropical storm and or hurricane. I'm not actually sure what it technically was registered as was in that Florida. The Nicole one. Is that what that was? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was the storm. Um, So sad, but, you know, as always, there's another flight, but there is not another her. So we can reschedule, but I'd That's rather true. her be safe. Absolutely. So, I feel like Tuesday slumps is a real thing. Like, I do not like Tuesdays. I like Mondays better because it's at least like a fresh start. With Tuesdays, I'm like, oh, we still have so many days left of this. Mm. And Tuesdays don't feel better than Mondays. Like, I still don't like getting up on Mondays. But like... See, I, I really like a Thursday. Because oh, Thursdays to, are so yeah, good. because to me, I can get through it because i'm like okay 24 hours from now i'll be what whatever Home point in yeah. friday or something like that it's just like we're so close or like i don't mind wednesday even i'm like oh you know what we're like half done with this i can do that mm. the rest of it's downhill i mean granted or you know not downhill in a bad way but like 
The rest of it is the easy part. I feel like Thursdays are great. Fridays are long, but mm-hmm. good. And ultimately, you guys don't care at all, and you're here for the murder. So that's true. Should we just get into that? I honestly think we should, but um, just you guys as a quick reminder on the top of the episode, and I'm sure we'll remind you at the end. Enter our T-shirt giveaway, you guys. Yeah, seriously. There's only like I don't know, like ten of you right now. I know, and I listen. I see those numbers. I know there's a lot more than ten of you. So I like, know. We like, want to send a free t-shirt to someone. Hello, thousands, by the way. Hi. And Hi, I, hey. we understand not everybody has an Instagram, but if you send us an email, we'll, we'll, we'll count it. We'll let yeah. that slide, too. You can look at that in the show notes or stick around at the end for us to say it to you. Um, but I just wanted to, like, remind you all that we're doing that and drop that cute little hint. Um, Allie and I are very excited to give it away, but we also want to give it away to somebody who is excited to get it. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of our peeps and fam and friends are always sharing stuff. And so that's so delightful. And we love the support. But also, um, they get the friends and family life discount anyway. I know. They, get they to see talk us to all us the time. They want. So They're done talking to us, I think. They're like, I've heard your voice a lot this week. I've heard my voice too much. I can imagine they have. So, yeah. um, you know what? Exciting. We are happy to give back. We're trying to find the the good in this gray, cold November Tuesday. Mm-hmm. What a day. So, do you want to hear about one of my favorite places ever? I would love to hear about one of your favorite places ever. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about the Netherlands. Okay. We're going abroad. It's been All a right. while. Have you been there? No, but like there... Like IRL? No. I haven't been out of the country. Ever? No. Not even Canada? No. I don't even have my passport. Are you serious? I'm 100% oh, serious babe. with you. All right. We'll do that. We'll add that to the bucket list. Okay. All right. Um. So... Today, we're, to- we're talking about Netherlands, which I really like, and I wanted to give just like a little sprinkle of why. Okay. So, there's so much that I love about the region, although I'm not sure if it's technically like Nordic, you know, where it would have been previously like Scandinavia and all of that, mm-hmm. but um, it is quite up there, and it is one of my favorites because I actually get like some weird sun hours and the culture is really nice everybody's really warm and welcoming and dutch people i did honestly look this up because i wanted to know um dutch people are said to have a really welcoming and friendly culture but specifically they are really family oriented so like mom dad children kind of nuclear family and it seems like living with your extended family is a little less common but it still happens Okay, I'm on I'm on board. I like this. Yeah. Um, they encourage their children to have different opinions and to speak out on them. And actually, one of my favorite YouTubers is from the Netherlands. Ooh. Her name is Giddy Mary Johnson, by the way, and she talks about all sorts of cool environmentalism stuff. So if you are interested, check her out. But um, unfortunately, this is not the part of the Netherlands that we're talking about today. Okay, and I don't think we're talking about one of those like super awesome, sweet families because this no. is a true crime podcast. Yeah. So today, we're going to be talking about a man. The man, the head, shoulders, knees, toes, eyes, ears, mouth, nose, the nose. Mm. Or as they called him in Dutch, the noose. The noose. (laughs) I like it. So it sounds silly, but it is. (laughs) He just had a big nose. And honestly, like, I don't even think it's that big. But that's not even the point. But they just made fun of his nose? Yeah. They were just like, the nose. But he's also known as Willem Halider. Okay. So Halider is H-O-L-L-E-E-D-E-R. You guys, 
Uh, I'm not from there. I don't know your pronunciation rules. They're different than English. I know that. Um, so I'm going to do my best. But if you have a correction, let me know. Cause Is it Wilhelm? I'll probably need him. Like Wilhelm? Yeah, probably. Okay. But there's no H. It's just W-I-L-L-E-M. Wilhelm. He also went by Wim sometimes. But because we talk about his dad and his dad's name is Wim, I okay. didn't do that. Let's um, call him Will. Will. All right, Will. Willie. So Willie, uh, Big Nose Willie, was an Aww. infamous gangster in the Netherlands. Oh, okay. This this changed quickly. <laughs> yeah. This is not how I imagined him. No. Okay. Big Nose Willie uh, is still alive in the Netherlands, but most of his crimes and like the majority of these cases we're going to see take place between the 80s and the early thousands. Okay. So let's get into it. Willie, before he was an infamous gangster, was born in Amsterdam on May 29th, 1958. And I think we're past tourist season then, but I'm not sure where we're at. Maybe Gemini. Um, what time? What, what month is it? May 29th. Yeah, that's Gemini. That's Gemini. Yeah. That's Gemini. So actually that kind of checks out. Yikes. Sorry. Actually, I don't really have anything bad against Geminis. I have quite a few friends that are, but. I feel like most of the people that I like are Geminis. It's they get a bad rap, but I think they're good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Willem's father, Wim, was Wim. an employee at Heineken. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, before eventually being fired. Oh. Wow. Um, <laughs> due to, what's that? Alcoholism. Well, so that I seems mean, pretty intertwined. They say work somewhere where you never feel like you're working a day in your life. You know, and he did that. You know, he re- I'm, I bet he did. He really manifested that. And he made it his destiny. And I appreciate it. And then he didn't work a day in his life. And then he, then he got... <laughs> You know, uh, terminated for, um, you know, probably enjoying it too much, enjoying the product too much. Like, so I actually can't speak on that. And I will say, um, I don't know that he didn't work a day in his life afterwards. That was just a joke. So I'm, I'm covering my bases here because once again, uh, Big Nose Willie is still alive and I would like to not get murked. So I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> but <laughs> but Poor I'm Big sure Nose Willie. it wasn't an easy childhood, but by the time he was a teenager, Big Nose Willie uh, had apparently already been started or initiated into a gang. Oh by no. the time he was a teenager, it w- like he got started. Um, so he and this gang, it was a couple of his friends, one of which ends up actually being like a very long term friend who marries into this family. Oh. But. They were starting out as contractors. So it's kind of like mafia mob-esque. They started with landlords that had tenants that were either evicted and weren't leaving or were trying to get like squatters out of their buildings. Mm -hmm. And so this crew of men um, would do pretty much whatever means needed to get the person out. And although they say, they claim that it was legal for the most part at the beginning they did obviously start to run into some brushes with the law on what you can do to people who are squatters so obviously they ended up running into some issues with the law and this sort of spiraled into just becoming the gang that they were mm-hmm. um eventually kind of going as far as to do whatever they wanted to get money and that's not so hot but let's let's talk about it a little more at the time, all of their brushes were just kind of known as like vigilante attacks. So even if there were traceable back to them, it doesn't sound like it ever got back to them. But this is from accounts of both Willie and his friend Cor. Okay. So 
Halider, or Big Nose Willie, if you want, um, did these attacks along with three of his friends. And once again, I'm going to say these in the worst possible way, and I'm very sorry, but we're just going to get through it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it together. Um, Han Ballard, Franz Meyer, and Cor von Hoot. I really like Cor von Hoot. Cor von Hoot. It's just a good name. I like Hoot. Hoot von Hoot. Mm. Um, so... Let's go to 1983. Okay, let's go there. Willie, his reputation was really made notorious after this event. Mm. And you might be like, mm, what's that event? Well. Wait, I'm like, what's that event? Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> precisely. Exactly. 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 Mm. <laughs> so on November 9th of 1983, Freddie Heineken, yes, the, the grandson of Heineken? the creator of okay. the brand Heineken right. and the man that actually made Heineken a worldwide known beer. Okay. Freddie Heineken. That that one. Okay. I was getting him confused with the other one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're taken for ransom of 35 million Dutch guilders. Oh. That's a lot. Um, it's so much, actually, that it was, at the time, Europe's largest ransom amount ever requested. Yikes. And spoiler alert, ever paid. Um, That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, not great. But, I mean, I guess if you're going to go big, like, go big or go home, you know? Apparently. Yeah, for them. So, according to a currency converter that I found, I don't think that uh, the Netherlands uses Dutch guilders anymore. I did look it up, and now they're using, I think they're on, like, the UK system. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did have to look it up, and it looks like, that's 20 million US dollars. So that's still a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And keep in mind, Freddie Heineken is a billionaire. This is a drop in the bucket for this man. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that sometimes it is confused when people hear millionaire versus billionaire. How the, big the difference is. Yes. You ha- Oh, gosh. It's so much. $999,999,999 dollars. Is so much more than just one million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, a hundred times more. Actually, now I'm just doing math. I need to get away from that. So, um, <laughs> insane. That's a lot of money, and it's kind of interesting to me that they were just like, "Yeah, thirty-five will do." I don't know. Just for what they're doing, it seems like kind of a low ball, but that's okay. So, um, November 9th, nineteen eighty-three. Uh, Freddie is walking out of work. And he is jumped by gunmen. Ooh. Um, and this is just speculation, but um Freddie Heineken, as in beer making billionaire that laid off Big Nose Willie's daddy for alcoholism, seems a little connected. I can see that. Yeah. Uh but maybe not. Who knows? Just just a little guesstimate there. So according to Forbes when Freddie Heineken left and he was met with those gunmen, he was taken into like an old warehouse thing and put in a cell. It was a wild string of events. So we're going to break this down because this specific kidnapping is exactly what made. Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly what made Big Nose Willie a big, loved, infamous gangster. Ooh, At okay. some point, they literally started calling him, like, the cuddly criminal. Like, they loved him. <laughs> okay. It was wild. So, 
they called this Operation Rolls Royce, which I'm like, I like it. Okay. (laughs) I'm definitely like shooting big, but it's like, we're calling it Operation Rolls Royce. I like it. I don't know. Um, They had spent months stalking Freddy, tapped and surveyed his home. And according to Cor Van Hoot, which a lot of this information is going to come from Cor because he did an interview on it. Mm -hmm. But according to him, they had begun with contracts that were legal for those landlords. And as they started going on and breaking the laws, um, they had gotten used to this level of lifestyle that they wanted, this quality of life that was huge. So a lot of this is going to come from Cor because he was interviewed on it. But according to him, basically what happened was after they had gotten started with those landlords and they were committing petty crimes for them that kind of turned into more vigilante shit that kind of turned into, you know, a a higher quality of life, if you will, Mm -hmm. through all of the money they were stealing or just the money they were earning from those contracts. They got accustomed to that. But then the Dutch economy sank and they were like, you know what? We're not partying as hard as we used to. We're not driving the cars we want to drive. We got to come up with something. And that they did. So they decided they were going to plan Operation Rolls Royce because apparently they wanted a Rolls Royce. I think they were manifesting it. And I respect a manifestation. Okay. But it does just feel a little on the nose for me. That's all. On the nose. Mm-hmm. Was that on purpose? On the noose. Because of the big, the big. Yeah. Is that why? I mean, yes, but also like literally his nose was not that big. I don't know what the <laughs> obsession was. <laughs> so Cor says, we'd established a few principles. To start with, the entire job had to have a grand slam. It needed to set us up for life, and that didn't mean behind bars. The victim had to be someone who was a high enough ransom, who had enough of a ransom that could be paid quickly, but also wouldn't have so much security that they would get fucked over. Mm-hmm. So the men obviously had Freddie Heineken on their radar because he was wealthy. I mean, it's Heineken. Like, everybody knows Heineken. Um, But apparently there were some other reasons as well. And that's what they said. And they said it that vaguely. They were like, but that's not the only reason he was on our radar. Mm -hmm. And now I don't know if this is them trying to be like, hey, he does something bad. And so we're okay for stealing his money. I don't know. If it is, they did kind of a bad job at that because it was so vague that they don't even, like, tell you much about it. But, um, shit, they're into it. They're like, all right, we want Heineken. Mm-hmm. So the men were super choosy also with Freddie because they didn't want someone in politics or, like, a royal family member. And, again, this is partially because of that security thing, but also because it was the speed of which their absence would be seen okay so like you know if it was someone in politics you show up for work the next day and the guy who's the one that makes the decisions isn't there you're not going to get anything done and it's going to be pretty notable until that guy is there you know Mm -hmm. but um not if you run a corporation because most of the time you're not needed for everyday like day-to-day tasks you're going to be found when there's like you know no payroll that goes out but like you have employees to do most of that so i think you know in terms of their logic at least they were sound Mm -hmm. so when they decided on heineken it was new year's eve they toasted with super expensive champagne they were like this is it this is going to set us up for life and it was the same four men that started all of this um and you know maybe i'm cheap 
But like, don't be spending the money. You don't have it yet. I know. I think that's just my anxiety. I'm like, oh, no, but you don't have it, though. I'm like, I know you're planning to get $35 million in ransom money. But like, do you have it now to pay for that, Don Perino? Yeah, like at least get like a deposit. for You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some good faith on the other side. Exactly. Like, come on. (laughs) No, nothing. But, you know, again, maybe that's me. So this gave them 11 months to stock, prep, plan, and prepare. So those 11 months go by. We are through New Year's Eve, and we are at November of 1983. Okay. Cor, Van Hoot, if you will, had bumped into Heineken running errands previously, and so he knew that he wasn't always guarded. And as they sort of continued the stocking and preparation, they found that there were some days that he would leave work unguarded and he would get into his driver. Um, well, he had a driver. I was going to say his driver's limo, but I don't know if it was like a car or whatever. But he would get into a car that was then driven off. And on the day of when they waited outside for Heineken at his work, they attacked him. They shoved him in a car and they sped off. But in all of that process, one woman who is actually a friend of Freddie Heineken and one of the boys' mothers Mm -hmm. was there. And he, like, pushed her out of the way so she wouldn't get hurt. And then one of the other ones, like, tear gassed her for, like, a hot minute. And I was like, babe, she already saw your face. Like, she's going to remember. No matter how much tear gas. Yeah, that's not going to help. But anyway, um, so Heineken is in the car. And as they tried... Um, to kidnap him, I found this out after the fact, which is just really sweet. His driver, Ab Doderer, mm-hmm. tried to get in the way so that they wouldn't kidnap Freddie. They would kidnap him. And that's how he ended up mixed up in it, too. He was just being a good friend, which is very cute. <laughs> would you do that for me? Yeah. Thank you. Hands down. But then I'd also um, pepper spray the shit out of anybody attacking you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you know my little pepper spray has the little car window breaker on it and the little seatbelt cutter. I know, so you have it all. Oh, yeah. No, my keychain is scary. They take it away when I go into court buildings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, actually, so much that some of the security guys know me. They're like, <laughs> hand it over. I'm like, okay. <laughs> They're like, stop bringing weapons here, ma'am. I know. Um, but anyway, so... Heineken and Dodebrew were kidnapped. And initially, it was only meant to be like 48 hours, nothing longer than a weekend. But this dragged on. This kidnapping lasted over three weeks. That's a long ass time. It's a long time. Like, that's just a straight up hostage. Like, damn. Um, that's a roommate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they're sharing secrets. I bet they know each other's skincare routine. Mm-hmm. But they were held in these rooms that were created inside of two soundproof cells in a warehouse okay so they, I, don't, I don't like that no so they drive them off they get to this warehouse and then there's two soundproof cells and then they hid those by creating a false wall in the warehouse so even if somebody came in it looks like the warehouse ends uh, okay yeah i don't like that no nope so once they got there, they were put inside of their rooms. I don't know if they were held together. I would assume not because they say two cells instead of one cell. But mm-hmm. um, they were stripped of their clothing. They were chained to the wall. And this was not explicitly stated, but um, 
I believe they had other clothing put on them so they weren't like naked the whole time. Uh, because when I read the police report on like, or not the police report, but when I read a news article from ABC, CBS, they said that they were found in pajamas. So I think they must have like provided for them later, but that wasn't explicitly stated up front. So I don't know if there was a time period where they didn't have those or what, Hmm. but I thought I would put it out there because I feel like if it was provided later on, it would just add to my terror to be like naked in that room chained to a wall. That sounds terrifying. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't think they were kept together. And obviously at some point in time, they were provided clothes. And to me, I'm just like, I don't know. This is a lot of work for like what's essentially chump change for a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Personally, it just seems like a lot. So at first... Heineken said that he thought it was the Red Army faction. And I had to do a little research. But at this time, um, this was right in the wake of a far left terrorist group that targeted any imperialist societies. So I had to do a little reading because I'm not a politics major. Um, But basically, they just committed a bunch of terrorist acts in the name of communism. And they were kind of at large and proud of their existence and power when East Germany was under communism. But when that fell, they sort of went a little quieter, but they still had a huge following all around Europe. That's terrifying. Yeah. So Heineken thought that that's who he was kidnapped by. And there were like airflow pipes that went into the rooms because they're hidden in a warehouse. Mm. So they have to have a pipe that would bring in fresh oxygen. And he was just convinced that it was just going to shut off one day. Oh, that's terrifying. Isn't that like that would make my heart race so much. I think I'd probably have a heart attack before I died of anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, but even with this fear, Heineken um, was awesome. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, he was a plus victim hostage in this scenario. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, And, you know, I say lucky for him. It wasn't lucky for him either, but it was just a bunch of greedy men and not the Red Army faction. So that's at least, you know, a silver lining, if you can call it that. And so are we supposed to believe that this is to get back at him for... I don't think so. Firing his dad? Or is it mostly just we know you have a lot of money? I think it's that. I think they all said, you know what? We've been doing shady shit for money anyway. Now that we're low on it, you have a ton. And I'm sure it didn't hurt. That uh, he was already known to them. But yeah, or at that, least yeah. to Willie, um, big nose Willie, if you will. Hmm. And I mean, I don't know personally. I think that it was maybe a seventy thirty money revenge thing because. Yeah, but the others don't have that revenge in them, right? And I think that um, the more I read about Willie, the more I heard about how his dad like fantasized about freddie heineken and like not in like a creepy like romantic way just in like a this is my hero way i love drinking and i love working for a beer company where i drink that kind of thing okay and so one of his sisters eventually says she thinks it also might have been like the ultimate revenge at their dad to like hurt his hero you know oh to hurt their dad yeah in some twisted mental way um but or in some twisted psychological way sure but um interesting the men were smart though which sucked so big nose willie and gang went back to their normal routines like immediately so they kidnap them they throw them in these cells and then they're like get back home go to work so there's no suspicion that it's them at this point in time oh okay like none whatsoever 
And so Von Hoot described Heineken as having a very strong will and not bending with the pressure of weeks of imprisonment. And the men thought that Freddie Heineken was funny and even witty. Which okay, is, so they ended up liking him. Yes, they were okay. like, okay, King. So, <laughs> so Cor said directly that he thought um, Freddie had a quote-unquote strong character, which I think is a, like a pretty good co- compliment coming from your kidnapper. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get one. <laughs> I know. Um, notable, at least, was that this man was 60 years old. Oh. Like, this man was old. I don't know why I was picturing him like a spry 30. Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. So Freddie's 60 years old when he's kidnapped. And when you said grandson, I just figured like younger. Nope. No. So. That company's been around a while then. They have. Well, and right. again, I'll give this credit to Freddie. He is the reason that we all know it because it was his marketing stuff that really let it take off. But um, a lot of good that did him in this yes, case. I know. And, you know, I will say I'll take back that he was old, but he was older. Like, I'm, I'm sure that he needed some things and that it was not comfortable to be like on the ground on a mat in a warehouse yeah chained. if you're 16 yeah you can sleep on cement and like okay get up the next day and your back's have, fine <laughs> yeah have fun i sleep on my pillows the wrong way and my neck's thrown out no so, like, seriously i can't even imagine I, I slept over a friend's house once and i slept on the floor of this room oh, and it no. was literally like the thinnest carpet you could oh, ever imagine yeah and it was just like concrete underneath and i swear my back still hurts from that <laughs> And I was probably 20. Yeah, you, so you would not do well in these circumstances. I would not do. I'm not built for that. But and I don't think I'd have the whole, like, strong character compliment. I'd be like, I'd just be like, give me some fucking pillow. fries. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a goddamn pillow. That's all I want. Um, and two-ply toilet paper, please. Yeah, I don't care if you have to glue that shit together. I will not be wiping with one ply. Thank you. I will never. Um, or you can get the monostat for me, so... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so at least, you know, Freddie was said to have that good, strong character and like was funny and witty, but um, he also liked what he liked and he had billions of dollars. Um, and so he had a lot of issues with the way that he was being treated. This was not his standard of living. Oh, I'm sure. And so he had a lot of really special requests like consomme. Like what? consomme i had to look this up okay. um it's a soup that takes at least four hours to make when done the dutch way um though apparently the french can do it in two hours uh, okay. don't quote me on this i googled it but um i'm also not a fancy european chef i don't know it's not the point but he had specific tastes so he wasn't like wanting the mcdonald's fries that we want right no, now no he's no. like that's peasant food yes i wouldn't even feed that we to say my mcdonald's dog. fries he says i want truffle fries with like fresh tomato paste and i want you to put it on the fry and then in my mouth correct yes um which is i mean hey that's him so this man did have very specific requests and demands and I, I said, good for him. <laughs> Heineken had asked for delicacies, and he recounted the event, even saying that when they'd give him food, he would always keep one slice of bread for overnight since you never knew if you'd get bread the next day. Which just makes my little heart sad because I'm like, were mm. they actually feeding him every day? Like, I don't know. Yeah, you're like rationing what you're getting. Yeah. And he's like... So like a almost sixty year old, like he needs good sleep and he deserves like a western and a recliner. Yeah. And to be like, where's that dog I didn't want? And then like love it the most out anybody's ever loved yeah. a thing. 
or like complain about the cat but the cat's yours yeah you know yeah curls up on your lap and then you're like oh, i love you and they're like this fucking cat i don't want this mm-hmm. yeah that's what he deserves he's a six-year-old man that's been working hard he's been working his ass off his whole life yes he should probably retire but he just won't quit you know <laughs> um but anyway so heineken did try to bribe the men for his release <laughs> I could imagine that. Which Took them long enough. I could also imagine was much less than their desired millions of dollars because it didn't work. So Yeah. <laughs> honestly, that's all they wanted was money for his release. So if he just went up to the right number, like <laughs> I'm sure they would have done it. I know. But I want to talk a little bit about Ab Doderer because he was the chauffeur and he was kept in a different cell. And he had worked for Freddy for 40 years. Oh, shit. Like, that's a long time. So, obviously, they were quite close. And he seemed to take the stress of this kidnapping much harder than Freddy. Hmm. He recounted that he had to keep busy or he'd lose it. So, he would pace. He'd work out every day. And, like, anything to pass the time. Which, like, honestly is probably how I would be. I would just be like, oh, I have to do something. Um, cause how can you just sit there? Like you're just sitting there. Yeah. Scared. Yeah. No, mm-mm, not for me. Um, but during these weeks, both Ab and Freddie had to pose for quote unquote proof of life photographs, which just makes me nauseous. Um, I could imagine that would probably be like them sitting with like a newspaper or something to prove that it's the date and they're alive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know. Ransom money is only good if your hostage is alive. So that's correct. Um, the ransom of this kidnapping was executed so intricately, though. I'll be real. Personally, like, you know, I always say I'm glad when someone's an idiot and they don't think it through. But like they took 11 full months to think this through and they really did. Like it was so intricate. They used code names. They... um made the request for ransom by dropping off an envelope to the local PD with the request, Heineken's watch and Dodoro's papers. So they were like, we have them. Give us money. Holy shit. Yes. Took, like, a whole year to plan that. 11 months. Like, it's nuts. And then to think that they had them for three weeks, like they spent 11 months planning two days. This is like wildly longer than it was anticipated. So also, you know, not for nothing. I'm sure it costed them a lot more in food and they probably needed that money by the end of it. But sure. like, um, I don't know. It just makes me nauseous. Like <laughs> they go and they drop off that envelope. But, like imagine being the police officer that has to open that. You're like, oh, OK, request for money, whatever. And then it's like a watch and a, a random guy's papers. Yeah. Yikes. And like a watch from a prominent billionaire. And just a few years later, if only John Bonet's parents had taken a page out of this. I I'm just know. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Plan a little bit more. Um, sorry. Allegedly. But, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sue me. <laughs> Don't. So the police were meant to indicate that the ransom was ready by posting a personal ad in the paper that said, the meadow is green for the hair. Like, it's so convoluted. Okay. Yeah. So these men had literally so much fucking time to plan this thing <laughs> that even the handover of the funds was like a rabbit trail. Or honestly, like more specifically, a full ass scavenger hunt. Like it was nuts. So the phone call that started it all was Heineken at a toll, a toll phone, a pay phone. Mm-hmm. And he just said a bunch of like weird shit. <laughs> 
And that was supposed to indicate that it was time. It was something like, this is the owl, is the, ma- is the mouse ready to leave immediately or something like that. And that sent them to the beginning of a very long series of convoluted hints and directions hmm. for where the police were supposed to go to drop the money off. Yeah, this is really weird. Yeah. So the police were told, you know, after all of these little directions and hints and scavenger hunting, um, that they had to drop off the money by it had to be an unarmed guard. And ultimately, it needed to be in a storm drain on a specific bridge. Okay. Yes. So ultimately, this plan did not go as it was supposed to. And not because of the police and not because of the gangsters. This plan did not go according to how they planned it because there were literal swarms of people around Heineken's house. So in order to get the money, they had to get into his house and out of the house, which was not possible by the amount of people surrounding it. And is that because it made the news that he was missing and people were flocking there? I guess. Probably, yeah. Or just like, he was missing and he has a ton of money and you're hoping to get into his house and like steal shit? I don't know. Oh, that's so weird. Like, that's my personal thought. I'm not saying all Dutch people are like greedy like that. I don't know. But... I feel like there's a lot of reasons you could be standing outside of that man's house. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was so intense um, that they had to like replan it. They literally had to reschedule like a ransom letter drop off or the ransom money drop off, which is part of why this got extended so long. Oh, my God. They're like, um, hey. Yeah. So mm, (laughs) the mouse can't get the green meadow for the hair. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, like, the meadow's, like, yellow right now. It's not quite green yeah. yet. The meadow is a harsh amber light. We are proceeding with caution. Uh, yes. <laughs> so that another owl does not get this mouse. <laughs> um, good luck. So, I mean, seriously, <laughs> why didn't they just call us? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, literally, during these back and forth coded letters in the paper with these personal ads, that's why it took so long. They had to put out the personal ad, and that's how they communicated. So it would take a day for you to, like, respond. Oh, God. Which is just nuts. But during this time, actually, it's not the worst thing because... So, during this time, it was actually great that this plan did not go as planned. um, Because this let them get tracked. And not tracked in the way we think of it today, where you, like, wiretap a phone or whatever. But just, they had an idea of who they were working with. And eventually they found the guys ordered Chinese food and uh, bring it to the warehouse. Oh, my God. Yum. Yum. Two. They had like two orders of Chinese food and brought it back. And they were like, that's weird. It's a lot of guys for two orders. I love that. Right. Um, But of course, they were smart and they didn't like go in and bust this thing wide open, like right at the second that they saw where the warehouse was. They wanted to make sure that people were safe and that, you know, they knew what they were doing first. But eventually... In this meantime, while they're like prepping their plan, the ransom drop off does happen. They don't want to let the men know that they're on to them. So they continue to get the ransom money and they do eventually drop it off in the storm drain like they're supposed to. Now, this part I see in my head is like a little bit of like a movie, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So the men had actually parked a truck underneath that bridge where that storm drain would like would fall out. Mm -hmm. And all of the bags of money went right into the truck and they just drove right away. I like it. I was like, that's innovative. Very I resourceful. I appreciate that. I know. Um, 
not that you know I, I'm a fan of like stealing people's money, but I'm no, like, hey, if you're gonna not. execute it, at least you're executing, okay? Yeah, no, we're not fans of that, but it's you know a little. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a little sneaky. So the gang then go off to a new place. They put all the money in barrels, like different receptacles. So you obviously aren't gonna trace it as easily, right? And then are you ready for the most Dutch part of this whole thing? Yes, please. All of the men leave that new place on bikes. They just bike away. Oh, <laughs> do you think they had like little bells on it? Or Probably like, like not even basket. motorcycles, just like little bicycles, just like do it in a way. I hope they have like little streamers on their handlebars. Oh my God. Um, or like maybe cards in their wheels. Like that'd be kind of cool. Do you think they had the pegs in the back to like stand and like oh, that definitely. guy? I bet that they like did some wheelies on the way up. They're like, we got $35 million. <laughs> Ride with no hands. Yeah. I did that once and I thought I was like so cool. I could do it like pretty, yeah. pretty well, like down a hill or whatever. I was like, oh yeah. And then this one time there was like this group of guys. I don't know. I was probably like eight. Yeah. And they were probably like 10. And you're like, I'm so cool. Watch and I'm like, this. oh my God, I just love an older one. So I did it by them and I thought I could like make the turn and like keep going. I Nobody. fucking wiped out like literally yeah. like skin <laughs> knees the whole nine, like chain <laughs> cut up my leg. It was terrible. And then they rode over on their bikes and they were like, wee woo, wee woo, wee woo. <laughs> they came and like got me back set up and then oh that's so nice that's oh. how i met my fiance no i'm just kidding that's not at all i have no idea who they were but that would have been cute um but yeah they did the whole wee woo and then they came Ooh. and um helped me up and i um put my helmet back on and i said i'm gonna go home now oh <laughs> um oh. my closest thing to that was trying to ride two scooters home and breaking my arm so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite a break it was a fraction but i a, a fraction, fraction a fracture oh my gosh you guys um yeah no i tried to ride two razor scooters home at one time because i didn't want to have to go back to get the other one it's better than getting both of them to the ankle honestly uh, it is i would have taken a broken arm over razor to the ankle that's oh my for God, sure that stuff that i can still feel that but anyway sorry so anyway. that's not what they did they were riding their bikes so they rode their little bikes away which is just so fucking Pretty dutch thing. i love it <laughs> So the police were on their trail, though. This is exciting. The next day, Big Nose Willie realized that they were under police surveillance. They were getting followed. And the men disagreed on what to do. Two of them wanted to stay there. They were like, whatever, we'll just deal with it. Like, if the police caught us, uh-oh, oh, no. Mm-hmm. We have $35 million. They don't know where it is. Boo-hoo. Mm-hmm. And then Big Nose Willie and Cor Van Hoot, mm-hmm. I just really like that name, um, they fled. They were like, we're going to go to France. So they go to Paris. And Ooh, they're Paris. living it up. They're kind of living on the run. And apparently there was some, like a few minor infractions that led to them getting caught there. Mm-hmm. And they got extradited back to the Netherlands. Mm. So that was in 1987, four years later. And I'm not going to go into like what happens to everyone. But at this point, that gang pretty much dismantles. And it's just Big Nose Willie now. Mm. He is a, well, and core. And they were on the run. Cor at this time had already married one of Willie's sisters, Sonia. Aww. So they were like a happy little family. Um, and it was just kind of sad because, oh, you know what? Hold on. Before we totally leave this scene, uh, I do just want to finish up by wrapping up a few things that Heineken said and just the way this all played out. So when the police came in and busted that fake wall and like found their little cells, which by the way, like good police work. For busting down a fake wall to find soundproof cells. Mm-hmm. Very good police work. Heineken goes, could he not have come any sooner? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. Okay, guys. 
damn. But it was literally three weeks of what must have been like honestly extreme psychological, if not also very real torture. Like we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did get Chinese food, so like that's cool. I know. Um, now I also want. Ch- All right, uh, crab stop. rangoon. <sighs> so before we leave that. Um, Oh, I wrote this cute. I said, before we leave the crime that made the man, I didn't want to transition without noting how the crime made the victims. Hmm. So, Freddie Heineken did pass away in 2002, but the reason um, that Heineken is the beer you now know was Freddie. Like I said, his marketing is what took that company off, and he ended up retiring seven years after his kidnapping. Eventually, he would serve on the board of the company until 2001, which he then ended just a few short months before he passed. And I did look it up. He died of pneumonia, which is sad, but at least it's natural. And that makes me a little bit happier. And one thing that made me just like cackle a little bit was that he was quoted at saying like they did torture him. But they tortured him by making him drink, like, another brand's beer. That's hilarious. Which was just funny to me. I was like, okay, guy, like, you got you got the sense of humor. This is a PBR, and you're going to drink it. I, <laughs> yes. You're going to like the hops, damn it. <laughs> so, um, according to Forbes, instead of being the party man millionaire parading around with other politicians, celebrities, and royalty that he used to be, Freddie Heineken emerged a kinder and warmer man. And though he rarely did those interviews when he did, he would say things like, I don't sell beer, I sell warmth, which was just really sweet. And he also kind of dedicated a lot of this after time to, I don't want to say like healing that trauma, but maybe that's the right word. Because he ended up coming up with a company that was a security company. He hired police, like former police officers to watch over his family and himself. Oh, so it seems like like it scarred him. Yeah, I mean, he got into it. Can you imagine, like, literally leaving work and then the next thing you know, you're three weeks into a a soundproof cell where nobody knows that you are? Nope. And so, once again, oh, here it is. I'm going to give you the exact quote. I just wanted to leave him in this story on a good memory of that quick wit, humor, and unbending character. So in doing one of those few interviews, he had said, they made me drink Carlsberg, which is like a rivalry brewing company. That's hilarious. It's just so cute. I'm like, okay, guy, we get it. Adorable. Um, As far as Ab Doderer goes, I couldn't really find much on him after the kidnapping, which is understandable. Like, obviously, everything that has to do with this, people are going to be like, not the beer guy, but like his cute little friend. His chauffeur? I couldn't really find anything other than there was one photo of a public appearance the two made together after they were returned to safety, like pretty shortly afterwards. Um, But other than that, I really can't find much. I know that they remained close, which I can imagine was really easy after like 40 years of companionship and that trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. Like that would do a lot for a relationship in a lot of ways. Um, But I don't know about his death nor do I know about his life afterwards. But as a kind gesture to his memory, I did just want to read that in the Dutch news that he had been known for being the guy that tried to save his friend Freddie from a kidnapping, and that's why he was involved in it. And I just think that's like, I think that's so kind. I don't know. Friendship is one of like the little purest relationships I can think of because like you don't get anything out of it. You're not like 
and that not like in a transactional way but it's not like but that's just it's not transactional right but it's also not even like a romantic relationship like that's not sort of the level of comfort you're getting you're just like you know what i like spending my time with this person and i'm gonna spend a lot of it and i think that's cute i like spending so much time with you that i decide to sit with you and do these episodes every single we spend so much fucking time together. So many hours of the week. I see you more than I see anybody else on the planet. It's true. And I wouldn't change a goddamn thing. <laughs> Same. Just one of those days, guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just think that was sweet. And he was a really great friend. And I wanted to leave it on that. That's very awesome. So, now we're going to return to Big Nose Willie and Cor Van Hoot. Okay. So, Van Hoot and Willie were on the run there for a while. And when they were extradited back to... The Netherlands, part of what helped that happen was think there was a tracker put on their phone. I don't know if Sonia knew this, but basically just through like her and Cor speaking like, hey, we, we have kids together. Are you coming home soon? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, but it is what led the police to find the two. And in 1987, uh, Big Nose Willie was sentenced to 11 years for kidnapping Heineken and Doderer. I can see that. Which is great. Um, so upon release, about 11 years later in 2000, uh, Willie emerged a high-profile criminal with all the reputation a guy could literally ask for. This is when people started calling him, like, cuddly criminal and, like, our friend. They really liked him. Um, and according to Will's other sister, Astrid, the men had given most of their ransom to other gang associates to start investing so that they'd be rich when they came out of prison. And it seemed that's what happened. So they didn't get the money taken away no. from them? After? No. So they did. The, they had the ransom that wasn't returned to? Uh. No, I think some of it was burned on a beach from one of the guys. I think one of the guys might have turned in his portion. And then most of it was just untracked. Like there are millions of dollars that they don't know where they went. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And imagine being the police officer that dropped that off. They were like, like, you want to invest in Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, so it worked. I mean, they were rich as fuck when they left prison and they were heavily respected because everybody knew it was them, Mm. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it makes sense as to why so many people still believe that he has so much of that original sum. Although in any interview, he will just deadpan someone and be like, as far as I know, it was burned on a beach. I'm like, (laughs) okay, Willie. Um, liar, liar, your pants should be on fire. Your so. nose is going to get bigger, Pinocchio. <laughs> get it? Come on. <laughs> I All like right, that I'm one. That was good. I, we're spending too much time together. What a honker. Okay. Oh. So, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I say to my cat. Um, <laughs> so, Sonia and Cor had It's a term kids. of endearment. It is. Willie. Yes. So I want to boop it. Don't get mad. A little boop on seriously, the snoot. calm down. Yeah. You're being a little much today. Oh, seriously. As I pour more wine. Hold on. And there we're good. Nice. Very nice. Wait, fill me up. All right. Give me a, give me a cap off. Cap off? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you could have more. <laughs> Whatever. It's a small glass. So. <laughs> give me give me a cap off. I'm fine. Give me a cap off. <laughs> a cap, a top off. That's it. That's it. So anyway, Sonia and Cor, like I said, they had kids together. They seemed well set up. And now that he's out of prison, things are going well. Mm. You know? Um, and. It didn't really last uh, because someone had tried to shoot Core like a bunch of times and they failed. Was but, it like, a rival gang? We don't know. Um, okay. It was multiple attempts on multiple different days and he survived them. Well, that's terrifying. 
Indeed. But uh, an interesting Easter egg here was that when Cor was actually murdered, it was by two men on motorcycles outside of a Chinese restaurant. Oh, he was murdered. Oh, he was. Oh, um, I wonder if that's like some sort of universal cosmic like karma, <laughs> you know, with the Chinese food. Um, but Astrid states that she believes it was her brother, Big Nose Willie, who took out the hit on Cor. Oh, he would apparently harass the family and try to get Astrid and Sonia to give up his location, like, literally every time that the shootings missed. Fuck. Yeah. Not Why so would he want to kill his friend? I don't know. Rude. I don't know. So, during this time, Big Nose Willie got into what many believe were money laundering businesses with a new associate. Another Willem. Enstra. And this is spelled E-N-D-S-T-R-A. So I'm going to say Enstra, but that's how it's spelled. I know that can be kind of like... Different pronunciation. Murky. Yeah, coming across over the internet. Correct. So Enstra secretly later testified to the police about his dealings with Willie. Okay. Um, which, by the way, is not the move if you are in dealings with like a big time mafia. gang mafia mob guy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, but he did tell the police that he believed Willie was involved in 25 murders, including Von Hoots. So now we have a third person saying that he, they think he was involved in Cor's murder. Okay. And in case you were wondering, uh, that was just three days after the Dutch government said they were going to stop her. Well, not harassing. What's the word? Investigating. Investigating. Thank you. That was just three days after the Dutch government said that they would stop investigating Enstra for money laundering. Okay. So, so he made a deal. Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. Um, but also, three days after that, he was shot in his office. So. Yeah, I could see that coming. Yeah. Um, soon afterwards, though, Big Nose Willie was also connected to another murder in Thailand. Of a guy who, I believe it was a drug lord, like someone who is well known for drug dealings. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he wanted to shoot him, but that's his business, I guess. Probably money. All right. So, John, who is the man who was killed in Thailand, um, was also shot by two men on a motorcycle. Okay. Interesting. And not to mention, in 2006, Thomas Vanderbilt who was shot after stating in a disposition to Dutch police that he thought that Willie and Cor meant to kidnap a prince and not Heineken. Oh, silly mistake. Yeah, fuck you. That's not why we did it. <laughs> pew, pew. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that is not who we wanted. We did not want pr Prince Bernhard. Idiot. Yeah. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Anyway, so... Just a quick recap of the three people that just died. One was Wilm Enstra, who did, you know, money laundering with Big Nose Willie. Mm -hmm. One was a guy who was killed in Thailand um, that was connected to Willie, but we don't exactly know why. We think it was drug related. And the last one was a guy who said that Willie and Cor intended to kidnap somebody else and didn't. And they all just more mysteriously found shot. I mean, he's consistent. He is that. So finally, we have created enough evidence here and enough of a need, apparently, um, to actually get Big Nose Willie to get arrested and have to go to court. Well, all right. 
So we're in 2007. And Willie hires Bram Moskovics. Okay. In case you were wondering. What's the name, first name? Bram. It was short for Abraham, but uh, they called Abe, him Bram. It's just Bram instead. Yeah, Bram. Um, actually, there's another Bram. I think that's like a common shortening in Dutch, which is cute. I like it. All right. So, Bram Moskovics tried to say that all the coverage ruined any chance at a fair trial. Gosh <sighs> darn it. But, you know what also ruined the chance at a fair trial? The conflict of interest that Bram Moskovitz had because he also defended our friend Will Enstra when he was being investigated for money laundering. Yeah. Isn't that funny? So they had to switch that up. And of course they did. But um, if you were wondering, three years later, it was also found out that uh, Bram here had evaded paying millions in taxes. So millions yeah oh shit. i'd be surprised if he also wasn't hanging out with big nose willie yeah yeah so suddenly in the middle of all of this big nose willie starts having heart issues oh no he's not feeling well and apparently he had to go under undergo surgery which pushed the rest of the trial back but once they got back to it um Another Bram, Bram Zegers, became a major witness for the prosecution, describing the tense relationship between Big Nose Willie and Mr. Enstra. So this, as far as I know, this specific court case was not about any of the murders. It was about pretty much all of the blackmail. Mm -hmm. Um, And so trying to describe that relationship was not like, that's the nail in the coffin. But I think it did help people be like oh okay you did blackmail that guy Mm. okay so that's what all of this is about and by the time that the trial had ended in 2009 he had get this um already been sentenced to nine years for extortion okay um in 2006 a yugoslavic drug dealer um who was connected to our friend Willie, um, mm. he had died. So in 2008, while he was still in trial, they charged him with that too. Okay. But don't hold your breath. Because immediately after the trial, our friend Zegers, the guy who testified, that was like, oh my gosh, these are, they're so tense. Like, of course, that, you know, big nose Willie blackmailed this guy. Mm. He was found dead of a drug overdose. Mm. So actually, different MO. And so far, there's nothing connecting his death to him. But it was like, immediately after the trial so i wonder if it was a suicide could have been um it was found that the drugs that he used he overdosed on ecstasy of all things mm-hmm. it was 97 percent pure mdma which is like insane had to have been very um expensive yes um and so of course i i mean i think they're connected i suspect it mm-hmm. but there's nothing confirming that right um, and so, Willie, he's freed in early 2012. And if you are doing the math, that is not nine years after 2007. Mm-hmm. It's not. And um, considering 2007 was when the trial started and he wasn't even charged until 2009, it is certainly not nine years. Wow. How did he get? Mm, I, I don't know. S- I tried third, to look that up. A third of the sentence, right? Because it's nine years? Yeah. Yeah. I might venture to say that he made a little deal with somebody. I don't know who or how. Could have. But I could not find a damn thing on the internet about why he was released. Hmm. 
So he was released from jail, but he did, quote unquote, remain a person of interest on the case, which I'm like, how do you get charged? And then are a person of interest like that's a demotion. Mm hmm. But whatever, perhaps he got to argue that his case wasn't fair. I don't know. I don't know Dutch law. Like, I don't know what he could right. have gotten out on. But I know we're thinking of it through the lens of our laws. Right. And so for those of you who don't know or for those of you who just want a little reminder, in the U.S., when you appeal your case, it's on the grounds of unconstitutionality. So your trial hadn't been fair. That doesn't mean that you are innocent. It doesn't mean that you can't be retried. It just means that you've appealed and you can get another hearing mm-hmm. um i it, i didn't see that he got this appealed i didn't see that anything happened i just saw that he was released six years early so um i'm not sure what happened there but just as a little reminder that when we're looking through this that's the lens that we're looking at it through so it's 2012 this is like maybe my favorite part of the whole story i'm not even gonna lie to you um will is out. Big Nose Willie is pumped. He goes on TV. He starts writing news column articles. And in case you were wondering, he did fully put out a single where he was featured on a Dutch rapper's album called... You're kidding me. No, I'm not. It's <laughs> called Willem is Back. No. <laughs> I'm going to link it, you guys. You guys. No, this is like Eminem energy. It's got to be. I love it. Will is back, baby. Oh, no. Try to incarcerate me. Oh, sorry. I just love that. Um, but my favorite person in the whole ass story mm-hmm. does know Dutch law. And mm-hmm. you want to know who that is? Who is that? Astrid. Oh. Willie's sister. Okay. So Astrid, motherfucking Halita, let's dash. She was a criminal defense attorney. Oh, God. I'm not even kidding. And, of course, one of Will's sisters. And so she thought that after all of this happened with the Cor Van Hoot stuff, and, like, obviously that was Sonia's husband and, like, mm-hmm. the father of Will's nephews. Right. Um, she thought that he might be coming after her. So she Ooh. stopped practicing law so that she did not have attorney-client confidentiality. She told him that he did. She discussed things with him, and then she made wiretaps and recorded their conversations. Oh, the balls on her. I she, love uh, that. She's such a fucking badass. I love her. So instead of fleeing or stressing like any of that, she just is such a badass. And she uses this in a 2013 court case against him, and this is what gets him sent to prison. So the 2013 case i think was the end of the blackmailing case the extortion one mm-hmm. but willem ends up back in prison in may of 2015 for like extra charges of murder and shit you know the norm. yeah well of the 25 that he's committed yeah i'm sure mm-hmm. things caught up to him so in 2016 while he's still in prison he was arrested again for trying to hire gang members to kill what's that both his sisters oh, both God. of them Sonia and Astrid. No one is safe with this guy. Yes. And there was also another big witness in that trial that he tried to kill, too. Oh, okay, good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So thankfully, obviously, that was caught and not carried out. And he denies this. He tells people that his sisters want money and fame and not to listen to them or the tapes that she brought into court. Which, by the way, in case you wanted to know about this fucking asshat, um, one of the tapes that was recorded from Astrid's conversations with him did have a moment where he also had Sonia in the room and he called her 
a quote unquote cancer whore. Oh, she had cancer. Oh, yeah. He also said stuff like quote unquote wanting to kick her cancer head in. He had a real issue with the cancer. He really. <laughs> he was like, "Fuck you for that disease." <laughs> like she doesn't go through enough. <laughs> what fucking asshole! I know. So in 2018, Will is finally put on trial for the five people that are connected that he he's connected to their yeah. murder. Yeah, there's like sufficient evidence for. Yeah. Um, a cancer whore. It, cancer whore. It My took God. 18 months for them to find him guilty of five murders. I just think it's interesting that he's using cancer as an adjective. Like yeah. you're a whore, <laughs> but more specifically, you're a cancer whore. Cancer you whore. You fucking love cancer. You love fucking cancer. Like you love cancer. I hate that for her. So much so. She deserves so much better. And honestly, tell me he gets locked up so she doesn't have to deal with that anymore. Yes, he is currently in prison. Oh, thank Christ. So, again, I liked you until then, Willie. I was kind of yeah. like, OK, not the 25 murders apparently didn't face me. <laughs> well, you're not alone. And we'll talk about that soon. But it literally took 18 months for them to connect these murders to him, mm-hmm. which I think just like speaks to how well loved he was and also how hard it is to prove white collar crime. Like, I know that he is not the one committing these acts. He's the one like telling people to carry them out. But. That is part of the problem. Like, mm-hmm. how do you trace that back to him? So after those 18 months, immediately afterwards, in July of ni- 2019, so that's like pretty recently, um, he was convicted of organizing another hit. And Astrid seemed to think that it was over jealousy. Um, the hit, in case you were wondering, mm-hmm. that he did get connected to in 2019 was Corvan Hoot. Finally, Uh, like after all of this, he had to be in prison already for them to get this. Jesus. I know. And that was years ago. I think it was 12 years. And it was like his bestie. Yeah. And his brother-in-law. Best friend, his brother-in-law, the guy that he fled to Paris and just like lived it up for four years with. And apparently Astrid seems to think that it was over jealousy. And whether it was jealousy that Cor got a bigger portion of the ransom or it was like having a loving family or both or whatever, she fully agrees and believes that it was Willie. Hmm. And so Willie, of course, denies these as he has everything else and he has appealed his convictions. And in June of like 2022, June of this year, he... Appealed and lost. And the Dutch judges said that they wanted to uphold the initial conviction and the life in prison sentence. And they said there's literally no other charge that we would say absolutely 100% life in prison, no other options. But he absolutely deserves it. And so Willem, of course, denies all of these. And when they upheld that sentence, he, to my knowledge is still in prison and just doing his thing. He did say he wanted to appeal it again. So, I mean, good for him if he can. Sounds like there's a Dutch Supreme Court that he can go up to. But as far as Astrid and Sonia, you might ask, Mm -hmm. it seems that both of them keep their heads down. Astrid far more. Um, Astrid wrote a book called Judas um, because this is huge. Like I said at the beginning of this, the culture is so prominent around your family. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it was a big deal that he was quote unquote betrayed by his sister. That's like what everything about him talks about. Not like he betrayed the family by murdering people and committing several like hundreds of crimes. But like what? She's the wrong. She's the one in the wrong. Literally. (laughs) This guy literally put a gun to his eight year old nephew's head to try to get Sonia to tell him where Cor was. Oh my God. To an eight year old's head. And they were like, his sister's a bitch. (laughs) Oh my God. So Astrid, after she wrote Judas, um, about what it was like to betray her brother. Otherwise is like pretty invisible in the Netherlands. So like everybody knows her. She's notorious for being the sister that betrayed her brother, but nobody knows what she looks like. Okay. According to her, she stays in safe houses. She drives a bulletproof car and she keeps tons of prosthetics around, like prosthetic noses, prosthetic teeth, right? Like, she doesn't go anywhere herself. Aww. Not as herself. Um, and so she says that everyone seems to be in his pocket. And from the outside, it kind of seems true. Like, he used to boast that the police were on his side. His loyal followers are fully abundant. And he charms everyone he meets, according to Astrid. And when she recorded her conversations, she did it as an act of bravery and justice for like literally everyone else that he could harm. Mm-hmm. According to her, she just said something had to happen to stop him. That was it. Like that was her whole reason was like wow. more people will die. Someone needs to stop him. And so he is a freaking psycho. So he would pat her down every time they'd have a conversation. So she couldn't wear a normal wire. This badass fucking bitch made her own recording devices that she sewed into her bras. I love that. And was so stressed about all of the pat downs that she like wouldn't even let the red light show that it was on and recording. So she just fucking hoped because she would tape over it and color it in with black markers so he couldn't see. Wow. She is such a badass. Uh, And just like fucking ridiculous. One of the tapes also said that he had a... he was a celebrity and nobody would take him down. Okay. And despite the fact that everybody is literally pissed at the messenger here, it was his own words that brought him down. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what convicted him was people being like, he is not so cuddly and lovable. Like, psych. Just kidding. So Astrid and Sonia are badasses. Uh, Astrid is quoted, and this is sad, but she says, I know he wants to kill me and I don't blame him for it. In a day, there are many moments someone can be there and shoot you. It's always there. I really feel a Judas. I betrayed him. And that's, like, sad. Oh, God. As someone with a brother, if he was doing shit like that, hell yeah. Like, someone needs to stop that. But, like, it doesn't make you feel good. Like, that's still someone you were raised with. Like, Mm -hmm. that's your family. Mm -hmm. And especially in a culture that's so prominent about, like, being with your family and loving your family. Sticking by your family. The guilt she must feel is insane. But I just, I hope she knows that she made the best choice she could have. I admire it. She's a freaking badass. So we're nearly done here. But as far as Sonia. Sonia does seem very remote, like remorseful. Uh, I I found a few articles in Dutch that I had to translate. So excuse me if this is rough. But one of them was basically called like sobbing. Sonia says like she was so sad it had to all go down this way. That was a lot of alliteration. Did you hear that? Yeah, it was. Oh, I know it. I was like, really? 
and we couldn't have stuck with it. Like, I'm sure there was a way. But anyway, (laughs) Um, so in this article, she's also quoted as saying that she's still grateful to Astrid since she, quote unquote, gave up her life and her work to help me because she has nothing left now. Nothing at all. And I just had like a really hard time with that. Like it was. I'm so sad. Like. Sonia. I don't know. Like. She was married to this guy who got murdered. She had cancer. Her kid had a gun pointed to his head. And then her sister is the one that, like, went in and recorded. And as far as I knew, Sonia did a little bit of it, too. But it was not her idea and not to the same extent, to my knowledge. And so it was just sad. And I had a hard time finding a lot on her current state. But she's not wrong. Astrid does not have many fans out there. She yeah. really does not. And Sonia, if she wants her, you know, her peace and her to be left alone, she deserves that. So I did not go super searching. I did mm-hmm. a few Google searches and I said, that is enough. Sure. Um, but Astrid, once again, not a lot of fans, but she stands by what she did. I did find a blogger that reported on all of this, mm-hmm. by the way, which was fascinating. And these are some of the quotes from that. So in case you don't believe me, like people still fully fucking love this man. Jeez. He says, in my opinion, their charges are as stable as a little Bambi on the ice. And in parentheses, the scene from the old classic Disney movie. Oh, then, no. Underneath. The greatest paradox in the whole story is that in the end of her book, Judas, Astrid Halita added, brother, I still love you. I read this in the comment section below one of the YouTube videos about this case. It is totally ridiculous to me. I never read her books and I never will for sure. All of this makes me sick. He also says, according to Halita, his sister Astrid, with all of her experience as a lawyer, has set up an evil plan that is unprecedented. The condemnation of her brother and preferably to life. This is even further... This even went further because she got the other sister, Sonia, and his ex-girlfriend to declare incriminating Willie as well. Mm, Like, bruh. 25 really does not phase anybody, huh? Like, (laughs) bullshit. Yes. So, again, at the end of the day, after I read through all of this, if we want a statement from the sisters, we have as close to one as we'll get, which is from the attorney that they hired. He issued a statement that said, quote unquote, the sentence speaks for itself. So life imprisonment, they said, that's what we got. All right. Well, all right. Um, and after all that, I guess we still have to see how the story of Willie ends. Will he appeal? Will he escape? Will he pass away in prison? He's at the ripe age of what, 64 now? So yeah. I mean, I mean he's we'll certainly see. got time. Sure does. He's. St- I mean, he's young. I don't know. So, uh, Willie, uh, I don't think your nose looks that bad, but it is a great name. And don't murder me if you hear this. But I looked him up. His nose is not no like, ridiculous. No, his nose is so fucking normal. Like it's just a normal ass nose. Maybe a maybe like a little bulbous, but not in a bad way. I mean, it's not a great nose. No, like if you were. Rachel and friends and you had that nose you would have gotten a nose job but like he can pull he's a dude he can do it like it looks fine he's yeah it's yeah. not I'm not like oh my god that's yeah. a nose you're oh not like shit. oh look at the beak you're like oh okay that's fine you know like yes no seriously 
Uh, well, and maybe part of it is like he do- he is kind of tall and gangly and like the nose kind of fits. So it doesn't feel jarring. It doesn't feel out of place. Mm-hmm. But like, I wouldn't say that it's enough to call him Denise. Yeah, I don't think it's enough to be like, oh, this is how you're recognizable now. Ah, the man with the nose. <laughs> ah, yes, the nose. That one. So that is Willem Halide. Interesting. And specifically, the kidnapping of Freddie Heineken that made Big Nose Willie. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn, well, I feel bad for every single family member of any of these people. Yeah. All the victims, because there's literally 30 of them. Yeah. But his poor sisters. I know. Oh, my God. Like, his sisters deserve a big, fat hug. In in the words of Owen Wilson, wow. Wow. No, you don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do the yeah. Ariana Grande thing. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. You You just start it, and then you let the rest of the air go out, but you don't make noise. Yeah. 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 No, that's so bad. <laughs> Yeah, but you're gonna go, wow. Wow. No, you go you go too eh. Wow. 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 Have you guys seen those um YouTube videos <laughs> where they replace like the lightsaber noises in <laughs> Star Wars yes, with the wow? Wow. 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 Oh my goodness. Wow. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. What a case. What a case. This is a little bit longer than um the other ones have done, but it was nine pages of research, you guys, so that list is long. Obviously, if you yeah. want any of the sources that I used, they're all in the show notes. All of them. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> along with our Instagram page, our email address. And um, I don't know, just like hugs and kisses and warmth and cookies and stuff. And like nose boops and stuff that yeah. we're doing because we're booping all your noses. Fair kitties. But we also want to remind you to enter our t-shirt giveaway. We would oh. love for you to be the winner. You just have yes. to enter. That's all you got to do. You can do that on our Instagram. So you just search us up in the little looky look bar and you can say. The um, looky look bar, she <laughs> says. It's about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that's A-B-O-U-T period T-I-M-E period. F-O-R period T-R-U-E period C-R-I-M-E period P-O-D. Because podcast was too long. So to enter. Remember, you just have to share our posts. To get an entry and you have to um, comment your friend's names in our little comment section. And that's an entry. And whoever wins, it will be announced on December 6th via DM. So Allie and I will reach out to you with our About Time for True Crime pod Instagram. And that's how you will find out who won. Yay. Yay. But again, like Allie said, if you don't have an Instagram and you want to enter, you could also email us. But Allie, where could they do that? So you would send us a cute little email at about time, the number four TC at Gmail. So that would be A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E numeric four TC at gmail.com. We are so excited to see whatever you have to tell us, whether or not that's a picture of your pod pet or your favorite cases that you want us to cover. Um, or the favorite one we've done so far that too that would be really nice um or just like how much you love Allie's sultry voice and her like little luscious lips and all of that so much um we love to read it and also don't forget to review and rate us wherever you're listening it actually is such a huge help for podcasts so 
hit the little download button, hit the little like, whatever you need to do. It is so helpful for us for you guys to rate and review. And don't forget to tell a friend. You know, you guys are going to be at Thanksgiving with your family. Oh my Feel gosh. free <laughs> to just say, hey, by the way, there's this podcast that I listen to. They're really weird, but in a good way. And they talk about a lot of murder. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. I know this is what Maybe. you want to talk about over eating. Yeah, maybe don't do it over the cranberry sauce. That might not go over so well. Well, you shouldn't be having cranberry sauce either. Cause you should disgusting. absolutely be having cranberry sauce. The can We disagree. Kind. We disagree. Okay, we need to go and hash this out. So okay. if I look at my clock, that was about, about time, time for true crime. crime. Bye. Bye. See you Thursday. Bye.